This is All Things ANSYS, a podcast from the technical support staff at PADT. Episode 91, a quick look at what is new in ANSYS Fluent 2021 R1, as well as news and events from the world of ANSYS. Greetings, my name is Eric Miller. I'm one of the co-owners here at PADT and your host for these podcasts. We're going to do a really quick intro today before we get into our topic. It's been a busy two weeks at PADT uh, as we start to meet people face-to-face and travel a little bit and uh, we're just busy. So uh, we recorded this interview today on Monday the 28th of June, which is about a week late. Um, And the podcast itself will go out a day late tomorrow on the 29th. So we apologize for that, but we'll also kind of keep it short so that we can catch up. Uh, I will note, um, I did have our my first kind of big business meeting. It was a conference, really, the Arizona Technology Council Biotech Conference, which is an annual event, and we held it. It was our first live event here in Phoenix, and it was fantastic. Um, I hope to do more. It was so good to see people that I've only been seeing it on screens. And the thing that really came home to me was the big difference of going to that conference versus doing all these virtual events that we've been doing is I met new people and built new relationships. Um, that's something that's really hard to do in a Zoom meeting. And um, I really, really, really enjoyed it and um, look forward to doing more. So as a preamble, um, today we're going to talk to Tom Chadwick, and he's going to give us an, a, kind of some input and his thoughts on the really important things that are ANSYS Fluent 2021 R1. There's some cool stuff in there. There's actually a lot uh, in, in this release of 2021 R1 of Fluent, and uh, we picked the most significant, the three most significant that we thought, and then talk at a very high level about some others, and uh, I'll let him explain more. I want to welcome everybody today to another discussion about CFD with one of our in-house CFD experts, Tom. Tom, welcome to our um, discussion, and uh, thanks for taking the time to help me figure out what's new, because it's a lot. Yes, it is. They're doing a lot of work with the codes. And this is, uh, correct if I'm wrong, but we're talking about um, the 2021 R1, which has been out for how long? Uh, it's been out since uh, late January. Late January, okay. So this year, so it's it's uh it's been out there for a while, and and we expect the R two to come out soon. But uh, we felt that it's time to to really dig in a, a little bit into both heat transfer and flow using Ansys Fluent, um, and um, get into some specifics. And and I'll I'll confess to our listeners that before when Tom and I were talking before, we realized it's too much to cover in a podcast. So we're gonna it's gonna cover uh, what we think are the three most important enhancements at R one, and then maybe a little quick overview of what is more. But you have a webinar coming up, right, Tom? That's gonna go yes. into the detail. When is that gonna yes. be? Uh, that is this Wednesday. Okay, Wednesday, the, which is going to be the uh, end of the month, 30th, right? The, yes, 30th, 30th. Yeah, the last day of June. So uh, join us for that if this whets your appetite on some things. So the thing that got me most excited, um, and I don't know, maybe because I'm back to being a space, wanting to be an astronaut when I was a child, is the hypersonics, the high, what we call high-speed numerics. Um, yes. What's what's the coolest advancement in that subset? Uh, of the They're code? doing a lot of stuff with uh, increasing increasing the accuracy of the calculations so they've improved the numerics of the code to better mm-hmm. capture uh, shock formation uh, better can capture the uh, changes to the material properties uh, mm-hmm. due to the 
because whenever you have hypersonic flows, the surface temperatures can get very high, especially near bluff bodies. Mm -hmm. um, and at those high temperatures, the uh, you can't treat things as a normal perfect gas. They actually break down. Um, and so they've added in a lot of uh, ability to handle the uh, material properties. So they have mm -hmm. a two-temperature equation model, which is basically a uh, non-reacting mixture where the flow is in thermal non-equilibrium. Okay. That, yeah, it's it's. I'm I'm looking at it, and there's a lot of um, very specific terms and equations, <laughs> correct, um, and that are being added, which I think is very important. These are the things that people using maybe a different uh, code to do hypersonics, or maybe haven't done hypersonics because ANSYS didn't have it in Fluent. Um, it's getting in there, and you know, multi-dimensional shock waves in an unstructured grid. That's going to be. Because I know that yes. meshing has always been a big bugaboo in hypersonics is getting that perfect mesh that kind of looks like the shock. Right? In the past, you kind of had to make it predict where the shockwave was and mesh appropriately, right? So we can avoid Correct. that. Correct. And so now you've got the ability to do adaptive meshing where it can, uh, as the calculation progresses, it figures out where the shock is and refines the mesh there to better capture the shock shape. Cool. Cool. And, and as we all know, there's a lot of things that weren't hypersonic that are getting there in the future. Um, looks like you're, you're going to go over a few examples, including a reentry capsule, which is pretty cool. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's anything you want to add about some of the examples that are in there? Um, they're doing a lot of stuff. Uh, examples of like the uh, aerospikes mm -hmm. uh, for... Uh, high-speed missiles, mm -hmm. um, they often put a, a small spike at the front of it to help reduce the uh, the stresses due to the shocks, the bow shocks. So they put a, a little spike out at the front to generate a shock, and that results in some fairly complex shock structures. Right. Um, and so there are improvements to the ability to capture all the effects of those aerospikes. Uh, in addition, there's also a lot of stuff about uh, re-entry capsules, so like all the SpaceX Dragon mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. capsules, um, they used it to design the SpaceX Dragon capsule uh, to predict the, uh, the stresses, thermal stresses and pressure loads um, due to the re-entry. So every billionaire that wants to do or has his own space company needs at least one copy of ANSYS Fluent now. Yes, correct. That's a, that's a given, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I knew there was a reason why I wanted to be a billionaire. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's it's really um, it's a really it's it's its own physics, right? It's it's yeah, CFD, it's, but it's its own physics as well, right? Yeah, it's CFD, but it really is its own physics. You really um, when I did uh, work. Uh, back in the 80s on this they mm -hmm. um we had to have our own special codes mm -hmm. um even uh standard ways of calculating efficiency fall apart at high speeds because the the because of the reactions going on within the bow shocks and the and the shock waves mm -hmm. um, and near the surface your efficiency calculations don't the normal ways you calculate uh, kinetic efficiency don't work. 
So you had to come up with your own. We had to come up with our own special way to calculate efficiency. And now that's all there. And, and now that's all um, there. of course, you can always, if it's not there, you can always uh, talk to us or your provider about a user-defined function that we can add in if we need to. So Correct. Uh, I know we've done that in the past for some of our customers doing hypersonics. Um, yep. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I want to talk more about hypersonics. Like I said, it's really a fun topic for me, but um, maybe even a broader uh, set of our listeners will be interested in all the cool enhancements to heat transfer and radiation. Yes. So what's what's the big change there? The big change now is that they've got uh, two new ways to calculate the uh, conjugate heat transfer. So you're mm -hmm. calculating the... Uh, thermal heat transfer inside of a solid body as well as the uh, heat transfer effects happening in the flow. It used to be that you uh, had to solve both of them using the same time step, mm -hmm. which doesn't always accurately work that well because the, the time step for the solid body is very different from the time step mm -hmm. for the flow. Right. Um, but now they've got... Uh, two different methods to solve the uh, solid bodies with one time step and the fluid bodies with a separate time step. So you can run a transient solution uh, on both the solid and the fluid at the same time. And, and this is using the fluent solver for the, the, the thermal Correct. heat transfer in the solid, not um, solving it no, the mechanical. it's not a coupled It's not a coupled solver. It's all within fluent. So that staggering was something that you kind of had to use the external solver for in the past, and now it's built in. So that's Correct. that's very cool. And then yep. um, what was – so that's for both – both of them allow that, right? Both the new solver. Both of them allow it. They're just two different methods. One – um, basically uh, solves the fluid at uh, multiples of the, you know, mm -hmm. multiple time steps within a single solid time step. Mm -hmm. um, and that's necessary when you're dealing with the transient where it's important that the two, that the solid and the fluid stay in sync right. in time. Um, the other one allows them to sort of get out of sync okay. uh, during the solution process. But at the end, when you get to a sort of a steady state final solution, uh, the solid has reached some kind of a, a, stand, a steady state uh, temperature field. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I like that. I like that. And then uh, along those lines, I was a bit surprised to learn that um, there is an actual strain solver in there as well. So you can get your thermal deflections. Is that true? Correct. Now they've got um, the ability to do uh, the thermal stress on the part. Um, it actually allows for a couple um, <clears throat> Uh, structural uh, solution within all within fluent. Point. So you know you're if you've got say an an object a cold object that's sitting in a hot flow, mm -hmm. and it's moving back and forth, it'll handle the the changes in the material properties as a function of the temperature, mm -hmm. and allow for that thermal stress. 
So it's another example of instead of going to a coupled solve with, say, Ansys Mechanical, um, as long as it's relatively straightforward, you can actually do that all within Fluent, which is fantastic. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They're they're trying to get basically to a point where Fluent can be its own standalone mm -hmm. tool that you can use to do a lot of things that you used to have to do, coupling it with other solvers. Just and making you can do it all with Fluent, correct. And this is where I be the old guy and talk about how we were doing this in ANSYS, what is now APDL, 20 years ago. Of course, the solver was not nearly as good. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could do yeah. it all solver, but yeah, the fluid, yeah. fluid solver was the fluid solver was not fluent for sure. <laughs> correct. <laughs> so yeah, good. A- anything else on the heat transfer side that you want to bring up before we pop um, on? Uh, maybe radiation. Yeah, they've they've got some improvements for uh, the radiation uh, to allow for. Uh, better modeling of uh, the radiation inside the inside the solid and the radiative properties of the, the solid bodies. Mm-hmm. Cool. And that's that's really important. I think sometimes radiation doesn't get the attention that it deserves, especially in a fluid. Yeah. But it, it can be a dominant uh, heat transfer. Yeah. Method. Once you're getting, if you get to anything where you've got either a high temperature body or uh, a very low temperature surroundings, uh, like space applications where you're dealing with uh, things that are, you know, you're radiating out to a black body, basically, um, the radiation becomes significant because of the temperature variation. Right, right. And they also sped it up, right? It looks like it's three times faster for some of their test cases, um, calculus yes. few factors. So, yeah, that's big. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it sucks sometimes that your view factor calculation can be, if it's not parallel enough, right, can be can take longer than your sometimes your solve. But um, yes. it looks like they, that 3x speed up is significant. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, especially if you've got a moving source um, in your transient. So that's that's really cool. Yeah. Um, love seeing that enhancement. Again, another thing that uh, increases the functionality and maybe people are doing maybe simple oversimplifying or using a different code to do that. They can now do it in Fluent. So yeah. cool. Well, let's the third topic we wanted to talk about very quickly and um, is another one that's very exciting is overset meshing. And let's start with maybe a little bit of an explanation of what overset meshing is, because if, you, if you've not used it in a different code, and you're a flu, fluent user, you may not quite know what that means. So what, yeah, what is it's something they, it's something they've added in in the last, uh, I think, three versions of okay. Fluent. Um, and basically what it allows you to do is uh, create a background mesh, which describes the fluid domain Mm-hmm. And then you can build uh, a solid body, you know, um, a missile body or uh, an object that's falling, anything like that. And, you know, a bullet moving down uh, a chamber, mm-hmm. um, anything like that. You can build a detailed mesh around that body and then uh, allow that body to move through the background fluid domain and it automatically calculates an interface as that body is moving through the background domain um, to better capture the effects of what's going on around the body. Rather than remeshing as the body. Right. Part, without right? Rather than remeshing the entire domain, mm-hmm. all you're doing is remeshing at the boundaries between mm-hmm. the 
mesh around the solid body and the background mesh. So it's a much faster way to calculate your moving meshes. And it allows you to to have a much better overall mesh quality. Mm -hmm. So you can build a nice orthogonal regular mesh around your solid body. Mm -hmm. And then the only place that you have... Um, say an adaptive you know that the mesh needs to adjust is at the boundaries between those two bodies which is away from the the main area of interest which is the flow around the body sweet sweet yeah, yeah it's it's and and we actually had some inside um you know thoughts on that is we had a salesperson for a while here that um used to work for a competitor in the CFD space and he said the only way I could beat Fluent was if the customer needed offset mashing or overset right. mashing yeah. All right. And that, otherwise, there was no way I could get in there. <laughs> right. And so now that we have, and I, I won't mention the company, but now now that we have overset meshing, that differentiator is gone for that. There's no reason to have that code because right. it was relatively limited for other things. Uh, so this is another example of, you know, being able to do more more with this code. Um, right. It, it, so, so that's an over, that's an overview of Overset. Um, right. What what's new in in this? Uh, well, they've, they've they've made some advancements in what you can model with an Overset. Mm -hmm. uh, for instance, now you can uh, use the pressure based solver. Oh, good. Uh, a segregated pressure based solver um, with the Overset meshes. Uh, in addition, now you can. Um, uh, one of the limitations of the overset mesh used to be that the the mesh couldn't adjust, uh, it couldn't be adapted while mm. you were running uh, while you were running the solver. But now right. they've uh, allowed you to use their uh, polyhedral unstructured mesh adaption. So now oh. you can, uh, as the body is falling through the domain, um, you can adapt the mesh uh, around the body. Um, so basically, you further refine the mesh mm -hmm. where the body is so you can better capture things like um, the shocks or uh, flow disturbances. Like if the, if the body is generating a wake as it goes along, um, you can adapt the mesh downstream where the wake okay. is and okay. it will automatically adjust it. Nice. Yeah. So, so that's probably really useful, especially for um, flow over like cars and planes and that kind Correct. of stuff, right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, one of the examples they have here is that uh, it also now works with the volume of fluid. Oh, okay. Solution. So now if you've got, for instance, say a boat mm -hmm. uh, bobbing along in the water and you've got waves impacting the body, Mm -hmm. uh, you can capture the uh, refine the mesh where the boundary is of the volume of fluid. Oh, nice. Okay. And capture that. So it allows you to better better capture things like the the wave surface mm -hmm. and how the flow breaks up as it hits the body. Right, because it it actually separates. Right, as it as right. it hits, does things. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so so very cool. Yeah. Really. 
that's a whole other area that I used to say we don't care about because we live in the desert. But as as PDT has expanded into California and Texas, we're seeing more and more of these um, C applications. And uh, right. really, can I, can I, is it a pun to say we're really getting our feet wet in that area? <laughs> <sighs> oh, bad pun. Sorry. Bad pun. Yes, it is bad a pun, pun, but a bad one. <laughs> but a bad one. Um, it's actually pretty exciting stuff. And, and yes. again, you used to have to use a specialty code for. So love love seeing that um, yeah. in there. Cool. Um, so, so those are our big things, right? Hypersonics, massive improvements in heat transfer, um, overset meshing capabilities, which if you've not looked at, definitely need to take a look at because it's probably applicable to whatever you're doing in different ways. Um, just really quick, what are the other things that are new at um, 2021 R1 that you think people should know about and come to your seminar to learn more about? They're making they're making a lot more improvements to uh, the turbulence modeling, adding in mm -hmm. uh, some features to better capture uh, local effects with the turbulence. Um, they're also making improvements to the acoustics uh, mm -hmm. and your ability to solve acoustic waves and acoustic effects. Um, they're also doing some stuff with uh, uh, structural modeling, so you can mm -hmm. do uh, a fluid structure coupling right. and model that all within fluent rather than having to go back and forth between fluent and mechanical. Um, you can stay within fluent and solve simple uh, structural motion, motion problems mm -hmm. within fluent. Um, they're also just making some improvements to the numerics of the code. So they're adding Great. in uh, new capabilities uh, to better handle things like poor mesh numerics, oh, which has yeah. historically been one of the problems that uh, limitations of fluent is that fluent is more sensitive to mesh quality than CFX, but they have been making a lot of improvements to Fluent to better handle situations okay. where you might have a local uh, issues with your mesh okay. and still be able to solve correctly and get good solutions. That That is something that may, of all the things we've talked about, if you've dealt with trying to get a good, well-behaved mesh and couldn't do it, that may be the biggest advantage to everybody of all yeah. this we talked about. Yeah. <laughs> um, One of the other minor things is there um, uh, another unique solving tool that they've mm -hmm. uh, been adding into Fluent is what they call an adjoint solver, mm -hmm. which basically allows you to do... Uh, uh, optimization of body shapes um, based on effects like, uh, you know, improving your flow solution so you reduce the amount of pressure drop that you have, you know, increase efficiency of your bodies or increase the thermal efficiency, mm -hmm. uh, heat transfer efficiency, things like that. Um, the adjoint solver allows you to do it and it basically distorts the solid body um, mm -hmm to minimize those effects and they're they've been doing a lot of improvements uh and the capabilities of that as well that's that's a, that's a, yeah. That's yeah, that's a very it's been around tool. for a while um but it's really every release just keeps getting better and better and, and yeah more useful in a broader range of applications it seems yeah it's been a for a while it's been a sandbox thing where it's mm -hmm. uh something that's neat and fun to play with but it's mm -hmm. limited practical capability but mm -hmm. um now they're really they're really working with it uh, 
heavily and you know one of the guys that's the develop one of the primary developers of it and he's pretty much been full-time dedicated to nice. improving the adjoint solver yeah we do have to remember when we get these new features that there is one or more people somewhere at home or at an ansys office in the world um working away at writing code and checking code and compiling and sweating yeah. the details so that we can turn on that feature and get this great improvement in capability right yeah yep yeah, yeah. I'll add one that I found looking through the notes that that I think is uh, kind of bittersweet but cool. Um, the death of Fortran. Um, they've added C++ support to the built-in compiler. So if you yes. are doing your own user-defined features um, and you don't speak the ancient language of the of the uh, of the uh, forest wizards uh, Fortran, um, that now you can do it with C++ and don't have to find some special compiler or get, a, get an external compiler to do that. It seems like it's it's built in now, which is which is right. sad for me, but. Uh, I guess yeah. a good thing. It, yeah. It, it, yeah, Fortran is what sixty years old now. So yeah, it's getting a little. It's a little <laughs> it's long in the tooth. Long teeth. <laughs> no one knows it but me. Yes. Um, <laughs> so so good. Uh, anything else you want to add before we? We have one of up? the other minor things, um, and this is kind of a, a secondary thing that's not very sexy, but um, they're doing a lot of stuff with the file formats to improve okay. the the speed at which the files can be compressed and written out and read in so that, um, you know, because one of the, when you're dealing with a really large model, one of the things that's often takes a, a fairly substantial amount of time is just to read and write the files. Right. And they've improved the format of the files so that they compress faster and so that the solver can read them in and start working faster. So, well, it's like twice as fast or more. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's actually, it's a substantial speed up. Or, yeah. I'm um, looking at the, the writings. Uh, wow. That's, that's significant. 273% yes. faster. So, yeah. That, and, and when you're talking about these files, th that that can be minutes, right? Two hundred seventy. Oh, it can be faster can be, or hours. Yeah, I mean, it can be. It can take. You know, for you know, some of the meshes that they're building now for Fluent, you're mm -hmm. talking. You know, especially some of the really complex flows, you're talking uh, two to three hundred million cells. So yeah. those files can take you know twenty thirty minutes to read in and read out, and if you can cut that time in half. That's a substantial improvement, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. especially when you're iterating. Wow! Right? Yeah. So, so the, I want to. I'm looking at the notes and wanting to bring up other stuff, but we're running out of time. So we'll use that. There's even cooler uh, things like um, more on on solid motion specification and details on some of the numerics that uh, Tom brought up and all sorts of good stuff with pictures and Tom's expert commentary on top of it. So please do consider uh, either going live to the talk or as usual, you can listen to it in a recording afterwards um, to understand more. And uh, I, don't, I don't know, I keep saying this and I'll keep saying it. I'm just always impressed by how they keep adding really some substantive improvements to the code Right. Every six months, and yeah. this is yet another example of, you know, these aren't minor tweaks and enhancements; these are major uh, uh, new capabilities. So, yeah, cool. Um, well, Tom, 
thank you very much for joining us. Um, and you're always insightful in educating me and hopefully our listeners as well. And uh, we look forward to uh, we'll give you, we won't do it as soon as R2 comes out, but we look forward to seeing what else is new in R2 when it comes out and uh, yeah. continue this journey of making Fluent a better tool. Yeah. Thanks, sir. Sounds good. Yep. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. So I want to thank Tom for uh, humoring us and coming on and sharing with us what he's learned so far. And again, you can learn more from him and get into the details on his webinar, which is going to be on the 30th on Bright Talk. And as always at brighttalk.com, you can go back and listen to our recording so you don't have to be there um, at noon Phoenix time for that one. But, um, you know, do, do uh, check it out and learn more. If you're, if you're a fluent user, I really recommend that you check it out because there is a lot there. And sometimes it's really hard to keep up with everything. And so you may be totally unaware of a capability or be using a third-party code uh, to do something that we can now do in Fluent. That was kind of my big takeaway is a lot of these things that we were using other code for, uh, we can now do in the software itself. And for our commercial today, I want to talk about something, I guess I just kind of made up the phrase, CFD assistance, right? So going that extra step for these new capabilities are areas of the code that you're not familiar with. So the first step is to really talk with your ANSYS salesperson, hopefully that's PADT, to understand what is there, what's in the code, and what licenses you may need to take advantage of these new capabilities and these new features. Uh, that may include Elastic Licensing, which we've talked about in the podcast before. Um, it could be ANSYS Cloud Solution or a third-party cloud solution, because you may want to do like hypersonic, but you don't have the horsepower to do that. So how do you get that access? So talk to whoever you get your ANSYS from, and they can help you with that. Then also consider coming to PADT, doesn't matter where you are, um, and working with our CFD experts for some mentoring. So maybe it's understanding a new capability and how to apply it. Uh, what's the right uh, options to use for, for what you're trying to do? Uh, maybe you just need an expert to answer your questions and to be a sounding board as you figure it out as you go down the path yourself. And of course, we can always help out by customizing and adding any missing capability with some of the user programmable features or maybe working in the user interface. So there's a lot we can do from a mentoring standpoint. It's really helping you use the code more efficiently and better or figure it out. And then, of course, you can also come to PADT to do simulation as a consulting uh, contract. And we can then wrap some mentoring and some training into the end of that so that that knowledge that we gain solving your problem using our experts is transferred back to you. So there's a lot of options there to help you do advanced CFD. And please consider PADT your partner for that. Don't hesitate to reach out um, and ask us how we can help you learn and use these new capabilities in ANSYS Fluent or just be more efficient and better at the capabilities you already know. The ANSYS stock is uh, going up. Um, so the market just closed when I recorded this. It's about 1.30 uh, Phoenix time, which is the same as Pacific time this time of year. And the market closed at 4 uh, Eastern. And it finished at 3.49.13. So it's been going up. It's still down from that all-time high of 4.13.19 uh, in February. But it's working up for that dip in March when it was at 3.93. So... You know, we're working our way up. Um, and, uh, you know, I can't uh, can't really complain about that keeping happening there. Um, it's down 4% for the year, though. Um, and the S&P 500 is up 14%. So it's got a little catching up to do, and hopefully we'll do that soon. ANSYS news-wise, the only official news story was about the success that a, a corporation, which PADT has worked with some of their divisions, called Megat, has had with ANSYS products. 
uh, it's, it's a good article uh, that kind of looks at uh, why ANSYS has helped them meet this kind of the big takeaway is that they cut six months out of their production time for their products and they boost the performance of the product in the process. And if you've ever listened to one of our sales pitches, that's what we say. Using simulation with ANSYS products will cut your production time, your time to market, and you'll get a better product at the end. And this is a real world example of that happening. Um, and it's kind of nice to see verification that what we say actually happens. And here's some proof for it. So if you're considering how to improve your products or to get your products to market faster, do take a look at that Megat story as a real world example of doing that. Um, we don't really have any, any PADT news to share with you, so skip over that section. And uh, let's talk about the ANSYS blog. There's three articles that I found of use in there. The first one is aptly titled, How to Mesh and Simulate Welds with ANSYS Mechanical. This is an evolving capability uh, within the tool and, and a, not necessarily so much as a feature, but a process, right? We've always been able to model welds. What's the best way? What's the most accurate way? How do you mesh it? This has definitely been evolving over time. And this article kind of gives us the state of the art of where we are in that process. The next uh, blog post from ANSYS that I really wanted to point out is called um, Access 70 Million Plus Safety Data Sheets from Granta MI. What's this about? Well, I talk a lot about on, on this podcast, and we've had people on to talk about why Grant is such a great tool, and such a fantastic addition to the ANSYS family, you know, managing your materials, keeping track of them, getting access to material databases. Well, one of the whipped cream features on it is that there are 70 plus million safety data sheets in Grant MI. And if you've ever had to manage safety data sheets, um, even here at PDT, it's kind of become overwhelming. We have these big, big yellow books that we put out. Um, it's been a real pain in the butt. So having having Grant to take care of that is just an additional reason why you should be looking at the Grant uh, suite of products to help manage your materials and use them with simulation. And then the last one um, is called Cool, Compact, and Comfortable Pod Bike. I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Pod Bike Fricar redefines the Velomobile. So what is a Velomobile? What's a Pike? It's a four-wheel uh, electric bicycle. I guess it's not a bicycle if it's four wheels, but it's, it's kind of that kind of a structure, right? And so it's a relatively thin, lightweight structure. It's got a nacelle around it. The, the user sits inside, they can pedal, and it's also electrical as well. And I'm fascinated by these small vehicles. Ever since um, I watched some of the upperclassmen when I was in college do a solar-powered three-wheel bicycle, um, it's been kind of a fascination because it's really taking engineering to an extreme to make as lightweight a, po a vehicle as possible. And, and it's another great example of using simulation, ANSYS simulation in this case, to get there and to come up with a practical product that really works. That is, as the title says, cool, compact, and comfortable. And it really is kind of a cool looking uh, thing. On our blog, King Lee just published a really useful article called Simulating Electrical Winding, Solid or Stranded. So if you've ever done an electromagnetic simulation, in this case we're talking about ANSYS Maxwell, and, you want to know, and you've got stranded wires that you're moving current through, and you want to know whether you should model them as solid, just kind of smear the properties as solid, or you want to model them as stranded, um, this answers that question. When do you have to and when do you not have to? Um, why does it make a difference and when does it make a difference? So King really laid it out in a nice little article. And again, that's called Simulating Electrical Winding, Solid or Stranded. 
Upcoming event-wise, um, we've got the webinar that we talked about, uh, Heat Transfer and Flow Updates in ANSYS Fluent 2021 R1. And then on July 14th, uh, Tom is going to come back and talk about ANSYS Rocky. So he's been learning and studying Rocky. If you listen to earlier podcasts, we've had the Rocky folks on. We've talked about it. Well, um, while we've been talking about it, Tom's been learning it and using it. So he's going to give his experience and um, show some real-world examples of how to use it. So check that out on the 14th of July, again, live or recorded either way. And that's going to be on brighttalk.com or our website, uh, pdtinc.com slash events. Uh, the only other upcoming event that we've got is I, I talked about how wonderful in the introduction it was to go to a live event. It was the Arizona Technology Council uh, event on biotechnology companies and, and technology here in Arizona. Well, our next big event is going to be the Aerospace Aviation Defense and Manufacturing Conference. Um, it's going to be in the afternoon of the 15th. It should be well attended, uh, even more so than the biotech one. And um, it's always a great conference. It's always one of my favorite events of the year because many of our customers will be there speaking or just listening in. Um, and if you're in Arizona, you should definitely come. Uh, I'm going to be doing a panel on electric vehicles and battery manufacturing in Arizona. If you're not aware, uh, we're kind of becoming a, well, we are a hot spot for that. We've got multiple OEMs manufacturing vehicles here, as well as a growing number of battery companies doing their design and manufacturing in Arizona. So we're starting to get a real concentration in this space. Of course, ANSYS is a fantastic tool for electric vehicles and batteries. And so um, that's not what we're going to talk about in the panel, although I'm sure if you listen in, you'll hear me sneak in a couple of references for ANSYS, but it's really about um, why they chose Arizona, what challenges they face uh, in the industry, uh, getting their electric vehicles or their batteries on the market and in people's hands. And so these are real experts. Um, we'll have some folks from Nikola, uh, from Lucid, and then some small companies like um, uh, NPower and Zero Energy Vehicles, uh, which is a, it's an all of these are ANSYS users in one way or another. So do check that out. And I said it was going to be short, and I think I kind of kept it to that. So I want to thank everybody for listening in once again. Don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter at www.padtinc.com slash opt-in. That's how you can keep up to date with all the ANSYS news, including this podcast. And speaking of this podcast, please subscribe to it at whatever tool you use to listen to podcasts and let your friends and coworkers know about it. And do not hesitate to reach out with suggestions and ideas. And I want to thank everybody for listening in. Thank you for joining us for the All Things Ansys podcast, episode 91. As a reminder, this podcast is not affiliated in any way with Ansys Inc., and the opinions expressed are those of the people on the show only and not of their current or former employers. For more information, visit www.pdtinc.com slash blog, and please share your thoughts and questions through an email to podcast at pdtinc.com. See you next time.